Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 61 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Adam DePort, and I'm here with my co-host, as always, Jeannie Walters. Hi, Adam. How you doing? I am doing great because we are talking about something I really like a lot, profit. Nerd. Nerd. (laughs) How is profit nerdy? (laughs) Let's talk about, I don't know, vision and butterflies. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly the conversation we're going to have. All the butterflies (laughs) and unicorns and rainbows and profit. Yeah. All right. I'll give you that. Profit's important. Exactly. (laughs) All right. But first, I believe we have a sponsor message. That's right. Customer journey mapping is the first step. But what's next? 360 Connect can help your organization develop an actionable plan already used by global organizations. Our trademarked customer experience investigation process and touchpoint inventory and evaluation can help you improve your customer experience from day one. Find out more at 360connects.com. That's 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com. And if you'd like to reach our listeners by being a show sponsor, you can go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. (laughs) Now, Jeannie, as I mentioned, this is one of my favorite topics because there's so much la, 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 la in the customer experience space. (laughs) I might resemble that remark. (laughs) Hang on. But you know, truth be told, I mean, you know me. I like my hip hop. I'm all about the Benjamins. Yes. (laughs) We know you are. And so it's interesting to look at the intersection between customer experience, customer service advice, and profitability. And, you know, we talked about that soundbite wisdom and shared a uh, 50 <laughs> soundbites of our own in episode 50. Which were hugely valuable, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure no one's listening to this now that we subjected them to that. That was our last <laughs> real episode. Uh, but, you know, some of that soundbite advice is what really gets disconnected from profitable, scalable you know, initiatives that can work and changes and enhancements then can actually improve customer experience while helping the health and profitability of the organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there is a lot of, uh, how do I say it? Like, you know, Gary Vandercheck, who I really like, who has all this great advice. Somebody asked him once, like years and years ago, what's the ROI of social media? And he said the famous quote, what's the return on investment of your mom? And he got this huge response. Everybody's like, yeah, awesome. That's awesome. But you can't really go to your CEO <laughs> and say, I've got this plan and I don't know the return on investment because it's like my mom. <laughs> right. It doesn't work. Well, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. So mm-hmm. I mean, I've always hated that one quote. And I, I, I would wonder that so many years ago during the heyday of when social, everybody was like, mm-hmm. this is the new everything. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to know if he still like stands behind that quote because so much of what he teaches, I mean, he's a sharp business guy. He is. So it's interesting. But that quote and that quote and that idea mm-hmm. more, more so than his quote, that idea has really permeated not only social media, but customer experience and anything where you want to make a broad pronouncement. Right. That to make things easy and not deal with these sticky details, like how do we actually do this? Right, right. Well, and I also think the math behind loyalty and the math behind retention and the math behind how customers feel about you, it is messy. It doesn't really make sense all the time. And some of that is because if you can't really 
get a customer to actually stay loyal, that's hard to judge sometimes. You know, people are dropping off all throughout the customer journey and they're dropping off because the experience is not working for them. So if you just look at the experience through a very analytical and, uh, you know, numbers perspective, you are absolutely going to miss opportunities to improve the experience, to improve those numbers long-term. But you have to look at both sides of that coin. And that's why it's good to have, for instance, nerds like <laughs> who look at all those numbers <laughs> and the other side of the equation, which are people who look at how can we do this today? How can we improve the experience today and watch the numbers grow from there instead of only worrying about, you know, fixing the numbers? It's a bigger equation. And it, there, there is stuff that doesn't always make sense. And there is stuff that is intuitive. And so we have to embrace that side of it as well. But we also have to embrace the spreadsheets <laughs> of the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a lot of sort of – there's two types of extremes, okay? You get these people that are concerned with every penny, won't give a customer a nickel, mm-hmm. okay? And then you get the opposite. They're like, well, you need to do everything you can for the customers at all times. And whatever right. the customer you – know, the customer is always right, which most people don't follow. But you know, without saying that quote, a lot of people advocate something that's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. You know, they advocate uh, – and you look at it, you, there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking and uh, full confession. You and I do a little bit of this on the podcast. But when people – somebody gets uh, – call a company gets called out in the news for mm-hmm. whatever customer experience horror story of the week, right? And there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking about, okay, well, they should be doing this and they right. should be doing that. And a lot of times – a lot of times there's really good commentary and hopefully that's what we try to provide, <laughs> you know, that understands that, hey, there are constraints. Hey, they are an airline. There's about 75,000 federal mm-hmm. regulations that they have to deal with. They can't right. just – you know, wave a magic wand and hold plane, you know, and do all these sort of crazy things that people, well, they should hold the plane and they should, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. sort of insane stuff, right? Uh, and I think there's a lot of that and it gets passed around the interwebs and the culture, the business culture, and it's really bad advice and it's bad, it's a bad message to send because you really have to look at the customer experience as a balance, okay? Mm-hmm. And those people that they don't want to give the customer anything, and then there's the people that say, oh, well, you should be doing everything. And right. you've got to find what are – like you you pointed out, you know, there's these all these little spots in the journey, all these touch points or pressure points, mm-hmm. right? And how do you fix those? How do you put the resources into the ones that really matter? That's mm-hmm. why I actually like to use that term, pressure points, mm-hmm. the ones that are really driving the, you know, the retention or mm-hmm. the defection and all of that. Well, and I think it's easy to look at this through a somewhat negative lens as well. And so what happens is they start saying, okay, our numbers are dropping, our CEO is paying attention, our shareholders are getting restless, whatever it is. And then they start looking at how can we fix those numbers? And it becomes a numbers game. It becomes, okay, well, if we get more customers, it's like what sales guys always tell you, right? Like sales is a numbers game. Just make enough calls and you'll make a sale. It's like, okay, but it might not be the right sale. It might not be the sale that long-term is good for your business. And that same thing can be applied to customer experience. And one of the things I like to talk about is that, you know, it's not just the negative points in the process that you should be paying attention to. It's the points that maybe are going really well that are being overlooked that could become a best practice throughout the customer journey. But if nobody's looking for those things, then they'll stay isolated. 
they'll please a small amount of customers instead of really becoming something that could improve retention, could improve loyalty, could improve profitability. So you really have to pay attention in all these specific ways throughout the journey, because otherwise it's just a lot of opportunity lost. And that's a great point. You know, how do you take that touch point that's an eight? Right. You know, it's, good, it's good enough to not raise any alarm bells and make it a 10. Yeah. And not only make it a 10 there, but what are they doing to make it an eight? And is that something that you can carry throughout your journey? Yeah, except for the silos. We all know how that happens. Well, I know, <laughs> but, but no, but no, but it's, a, a, no, it's kumbaya. A, you work around the silos. It's like, no, it's a great. It is a great principle because how do you take the best practices that are already in place in the organization and move them you know, through the journey, right, right? And apply them, right? And one of my favorite examples was at a museum. They they talked about how uh, they couldn't figure out why people were reacting so negatively to the security guards, who of course were there to protect priceless art. And looking down on everybody and being intimidating because they thought that was their job. And then they watched this one guy who went up to a child who was about to touch, you know, a Rodin sculpture or something (laughs) that you shouldn't be touching. And he got down on the child's level and he said, you know, that's one of my favorites too. He really talked to the kid. And so he made the kid experience art and the museum in a whole different way. And so they could take that one little moment and carry it through their training and explain it to the rest of the people who work there and make it part of their process. And it's one of those little tiny things that's never going to show up in uh, surveys or data or anything, but it absolutely matters and you can watch for it. So, right. Here's how you don't use your baton on a 10 year old. Just have a conversation. <laughs> Maybe a little sign like a yeah. <laughs> pictograph. <laughs> With a little, the red, the red line. Yeah, it. exactly. No batons. Um, well, cool. Well, you know, one thing when you're thinking about profit, I, I sort of like this principle, which is not every transaction has to be profitable, but every relationship should be. Mm-hmm. And if you follow that, and if you look at the idea of something you and I have spoken about a lot, customer lifetime value. Yep. If you really look at customer lifetime value, you can analyze the entire process, the cost of that process, the cost of whatever improvements or changes you want to make and wonder if that's going to, you know, is it going to increase customer lifetime value? Is it going to increase retention, which really does, but, uh, you know, all of those things. And if you can look at it that way, you can nerd out, as you would say, Jamie, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and try to look at it. I mean, I think there's a there's a lot that can be done even within the confines of you know, regulation, bureaucracy, and profit restrictions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the kumbaya, just take care of your customers; it will all take care of itself. Uh, well, it's not enough. <laughs> it's, well, and I think that's my frustration sometimes with the speakers who come in and they go rah rah, be nice. And everybody's like, oh, my God, they're brilliant. And it's <laughs> like they they're saying something that, of course. It matters. Of course, we should all be nice to customers and we should think of them as humans and all of these things. <laughs> but at the same time, we need these are businesses and they absolutely need to make money. And in order to make money, sometimes you have to make really hard decisions around customer experience. So what you need to weigh is how can we do that in the best way for everybody? Because once if once you achieve that balance, that's where the magic is. Well, it's interesting. You talked about the speakers and the be nice mm-hmm. type of advice, right? And I wrote a post uh, a few weeks ago. I'll put it in the show notes, and it's called Why All Experts Should Be One-Handed Economists. <laughs> and it's from an old quote from President Truman, which yeah. is, I just want to meet a one-handed economist because every economist I meet says on the one hand right. and on the other hand. Right. 
And the point of the post was, yeah, that's actually what they should have been doing. As frustrating as it is for the yeah. president, that's exactly what those economists should be doing because these things are complex. Right. And, right. you know, I was uh, – and I wrote about it in the piece that I was asked to do like 100 words on what's one thing somebody can do to improve their customer experience, yeah. like this crowdsource thing. And like, sure, I did it. But I, I, you, you shouldn't base your customer experience strategy around it. It's 100 <laughs> words and it was basically, you know – Look at your customer experience. <laughs> you know, look mm-hmm. at your customer journey or whatever I said. You know, it's such top line, divorced from any practical limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, be nice to your fellow humans. Well, that's right. great. Right. <laughs> that, really, that really doesn't solve foreign relations. Right, exactly. And I think at the end of the day, most leaders recognize that. I think sometimes they get stumped on, okay, where do I start? Um, and so they start with one or the other instead of realizing that you really have to look at both sides of this in order to really design and develop and deliver a customer experience strategy that works, not just for your customers, but also for your business. So what are we really saying here? What, what's our advice to the people out there who are saying, okay, I get it. What do I do? <laughs> well, let's do I'll give a couple of tips here. So one thing I think is important is to make sure every investment produces a return, but here's the key, either directly or indirectly. Ah, I like so, that. Yeah. So the key is you got to know the difference. You can't, right. it, it may not be a return in the moment. It may not be an actual, you know, you may, it may be a cost center mm-hmm. or an investment. Let's use that expression. Yes. Okay. But if it increases your lifetime value and your retention, then yeah. it does produce a return. Well, and you know, I had a client who I think I've mentioned before who had this triple bottom line. And so they had the profit as one of them, community development and the environment. So they had to make sure that everything they did lined up with all three of those. And I think if you sometimes look at it from that perspective of thinking, okay, is one of our, you know, maybe we have a double bottom line and one is, are we delivering an exceptional experience or something like that? That can help you weigh both sides of it in a, in a way that is a return that does make sense. And that helps you realize that some of this stuff is long-term strategy, long-term thinking, indirect results, but still very meaningful results. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> I just came up with it. Now I'm going <laughs> to, it's, really... <laughs> it's now trademarked. It's trademarked. You trademark everything. I, like that. I do. Copyright. <laughs> All right, so, well, a couple of final thoughts. One thing is knowing the real cost of a process or a procedure. And this too many, uh, organizations lose track of the actual cost of the journey because they're spread out across silos. Mm -hmm. And some of these investments, some of these initiatives can have hidden costs where you don't really realize, okay, well, it costs $5 here, then it costs another dollar here, then it costs 70 cents here. And it's really, and that's a profitability killer is when you get into, let's say we're going to improve X in the customer experience and you don't realize, well, okay, this has this much administration time, this much accounting time, all of these things. Yes. And that's an excellent, excellent point. And it's one that I think many don't think about. So that's a great point, Adam. And I think it's like, this is where you need people who think differently on your team, right? Because if you have somebody who's like, leading and saying, let's do this. This is fantastic. And, you know, we're going to deliver all this stuff and I want a cross functional, you know, (laughs) efficiency leveraging team. It's easy to think that that's where everything is, but then those cross functional people go back to their departments and they say, Hey, assistant, can you do this? And Hey, tech guy. And you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's more, uh, cost than I think a lot of them realize. All right, so end us on a good, happy note here. 
<laughs> I can always end on a good happy. It was note. some kumbaya. <laughs> it is. It's about understanding this and all the nuances on both the very human emotional side of what experience is and the very critical uh linear number side of things and making sure that your numbers are adding up. And I think a good way to do that is to look at customer lifetime value, which we talked about. It's also looking at how you can have something like um, understanding what are we trying to deliver first? Because if you're delivering that, then you can see, are we delivering it and is it profitable? But yeah, I think it's, it's imperative that everybody looks at both sides of this. And I think that's why you and I are a good pair because sometimes I go, we should do this. (laughs) And then you say, I made a spreadsheet. (laughs) Hey, you love my spreadsheet. I do. I do. (laughs) I did my grandiose ideas. (laughs) I did a guys weekend with some of my college buddies a long time ago and ended up sending a spreadsheet because it was getting really convoluted. (laughs) And I cannot tell you how much uh, gruff I got about that. Hey, my father was an economics. He has an economics degree from University of Chicago. Everything was on a spreadsheet with him still. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So I get it. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So remember, uh, spreadsheets over people. No. <laughs> so everybody, remember profit. All customer experience should be profitable. The whole point of having customers is to have a viable, thriving mm-hmm. entity, organization, or business. And on that note, we hope you enjoyed episode 61 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Please subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and connect with me at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapore. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.